Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 6, The Bounty. Bit of a transitional episode, I would say. It was setting up future episodes mostly. But it was... Future episodes of this season or future episodes of another series? Well, they did lay it on thick with the uh, young cast uh, mates. But so it really will be the next generation. Yeah. <laughs> that is supposed <laughs> to be like... But <laughs> 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 um But yeah, big theme of family and kids and stuff like that in this episode. What gets passed on to the next generation. And it was well done. So it, was, it got the cast together, essentially. Got it. It just... I say this every episode. It moves so fast. So many things happen that it's like my notes are always a total mess. But yeah, it was another good one. I would say it, it bordered on um, being too silly. I thought for a second in the Daystrom Institute, like with the music and Riker figuring out the music. But I thought they brought it back mm-hmm. to where it wasn't too silly. It was like I was like, oh, they're doing some Star Trek dorky stuff. Um, That's my take on it because I agree with you on the, some of the silly stuff that I think if done in another show or if you're watching, this is your first time ever watching Star Trek without that context because like. You need to understand that a lot of Star Trek is incredibly silly. A lot of it was based on budgetary stuff of the original or the next generation. Well, they've always just had the kind of lighthearted episodes. Like, I don't know if you remember in one of the earlier seasons of Picard, they had the one where Picard pretended to be like a pirate or something. And he, like, <laughs> like, they've always But had... it's a whole episode. So back in the right. day, you're waiting for the next week of an episode, right. and they use a whole episode for Picard to be a pirate. But they... Um... Weren't they like Westerners and... Oh, they've had a bunch of those. No, but I mean, in, in the Picard show, so modern day, they had the, the one where they went to the bar. I, I don't know. They had a silly episode in season one. But this was only borderline silly. And like I said, I, th- I thought they, they brought it back and it worked well. And it made sense of why that noise was there and that bird was there and Moriarty and everything. So, Which was all an extension of Data. Right. Yeah. And I liked seeing that old clip of them when they first met. I remember that scene when Riker first meets Data. I knew exactly where they were going with that. And it's obviously extremely striking how old Data is now. But they gave us an explanation. It's not really important. They threw together some babble about this or that, which doesn't really matter. But if they're going to have Data, which they probably need to have for a final next generation thing, they have to explain why he's old. Well, and I'm glad that we have Data and not soon. Because we've had Red... Uh, right, Brent Spiner. Spiner is a different character, which is like kind of. Well, and he's yeah. just this bad guy in other seasons of Picard, which is fine. Like, I like that they brought him back and like this notion of these actors coming back, but I miss data. Like, I, I wanted that. And I, I'm actually even okay with like lore and stuff of all coming together there because that's also part of the series. So I definitely prefer this route. Of if you're trying to have Brent Spiner be a part of the show, that they're doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll be curious to see if, for the remaining episodes, if he is that mixture of all those characters. Like, if Lore comes out and... Well, he came out once. What, right. Yeah, I know. Um, but, I mean, if what, what personality he settles on. But one thing I really liked is that when Data woke up, he saw Geordi first. And it was Geordi who woke him up. And in TNG, they had... Certain characters had certain friendships. And Geordi and Data were, like, friends. Well, Jordy was often the one reviving Data or helping Data right. whenever something went wrong. So 
it even felt kind of reminiscent of all that. I did think it was archaic that he still had to be plugged in to something. <laughs> yeah, and Morph's like, is there a restart button? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like everybody's parent being like, how do I check my voicemail? Well, in the old TNG, you could turn off data by pushing his armpit. So it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, I, I like that he. I mean, that's like, God, uh, 35 years ago, though, yeah. when people were conceptualizing data, like the world was so different back then. Yeah, I have a few comments later about technology, if I remember to make them. But yeah, so I like seeing the special bond between Jordy and Data being the first thing, because he could have looked at Picard first or anybody else first. And then also in TNG, Riker and Worf had a special friendship, which they didn't really do too much. They, they did a little bit with the banter. A little bit, but also who's going to go get Riker? Worf. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked them to explore that friendship a little more, but they already fit so much in there. But so maybe were, that's what's coming next. Right. But I don't know if you remember, there was an episode where Worf broke his back and he was all sullen and wanted to wanted to die. And he asked Riker to kill him because uh, he's his best friend and Riker refused and all this stuff. Um, I am learning that I don't remember squat <laughs> about yeah. pretty much almost anything, which well, is why I always reference there are four lights because that's all <laughs> that's I got. You remember. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll be like, yeah, I remember this. And I'll be like, no, I don't remember well, that at all. I'm just trying to impress my wife with my Star Trek knowledge. It's working, man. <laughs> this is working. Um, and, and it's funny because we, when we did rewatch like pretty much all the good episodes, I'm pretty sure that was almost 15 years ago now. Yeah. I've so. rewatched and rewatched several <laughs> times. But yeah, so almost everyone got back together in this one. There, there's still a few people. What did you, you think about Jordy's reluctance? Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it worked and it was a nice... So one thing they did real well is that when Worf showed up and they kind of like made a joke out of whether to hug him or not and he's not the huggy type. But then when Jordy showed up, it was like obviously huggy type. And we saw... The contrast between Jordy and Picard, now that they're older, and Picard saying, like, uh, Starfleet's the only fan. Jordy looks the same, just with white hair. Yeah, he looks great. <laughs> um, Picard being like, Starfleet's the only family I ever needed. And we talked about that in a previous episode, how that was, whatever. He, he might have just been saying that more than believing it. But I also like that they are tackling this notion of family, of how Starfleet, but also your nuclear family, well, are right. families here, and how it influences you. Right, and also Jordy... His family is, at least in the beginning of this episode, superseding Starfleet, right? Mm-hmm. He really cares about his daughters. So I like to see the different takes and how how that turned out. I guess one of those girls, I think the one that was with him at the ship museum or whatever, is his actual daughter. No kidding. Um, yeah. So that's cool. But anyways, yeah. So I don't know. What did you think about Jordy's family, whatever? Well, so it's funny because in a way, at first it was... And not in a, it's not a show or character criticism. It was more, I just didn't like it that he wasn't just, it wasn't more of like this happy, yes, of course, I'll help you out. Because I, I almost felt like Jordy wouldn't be like that. But I think in all fairness, though, it's more realistic that not every single one of the Enterprise are going to be like, sure, let's just defy all the rules and do all this. That it actually makes sense that we're seeing it is a bit clunky. It can't just be Captain Shaw who is the voice of opposition. So I did like that they introduced that a little bit. I don't know if I buy that Jordy would be so blinded in that way. 
with his own daughters, just because I feel like he is just such a veteran of Starfleet. He knows how it goes. Like when he tried to tell his daughter not to go with the Yeah, daughter. it's like yeah. a general, a military general that you've been involved so long and you're at that point and then you tell your grandchild, no, you can't join. Like it just goes against so much the essence of who a lot of these people are because they've been in Starfleet their whole lives. So it just, it seemed a little bit... Yeah, and they did uh, address that pretty quick because later on in the episode he said he was, whatever he said, he's, he's mad at himself or disappointed at himself that he wasn't... More gung-ho. So I, and, so. And I agree. And so I think they, they did pull back yeah. uh, some of these things that initially had this reaction. But isn't that kind of what we're looking for from a show? To have reactions. Right. And then to see how it's resolved. So that's why I'm trying to be very careful. This is not a criticism. It was more like feelings I had. I was, I was watching where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like this. But maybe that's a good thing. And, and they did come around majority with that. And I like that because at the end of the day, with everything that I just said... I actually think this is why you could never be under the command of your dad or right. your grandma or any of these things because of this exact thing. Even though you know what being in the military or Starfleet is, that's your blood or that's your child or however you want to think about it. Of That's your family and it just it can affect your judgment. Well, to your point also, didn't seem the ask of Jordy was that big. I don't remember what they asked him, <laughs> what they wanted from him, but it was like... Well, they I, wanted the, him to harbor them and help them escape. And he, they're considered like outlaws right now. Right. But if they explain that there's changelings, you'd think he'd come around pretty quickly to Starfleet being compromised and stuff. And I think the changelings would have gone to Jordy pretty quick to take him over too. So Jordy is a Commodore, which is lower than Admiral, but higher than Captain. So he outranks Riker, mm-hmm. but not Picard, for, for whatever that matters. So he's... He's done well in Starfleet. I, I don't know if he's like the museum curator or what. That's what I was trying yeah. to figure out. And I was like. Like Commodore is a high position, but what's what exactly is he doing there? And they really went deep for the nostalgia on this episode, which I was totally fine with. I loved seeing the old ships and getting a little history. Oh, there was that Tribble and some other stuff. Like the museum and then the. Um, Daystrom. Daystrom were yeah. both huge, like I think. Places and, and like ways to honor the fans with, with so much stuff. I was yeah. hoping to see some of the ships. Like as soon as I saw it, it was like a, a shipyard for retired ships. I was like, oh, I'm kind of excited. Yeah. And I like that the Klingon ship was not only there. That's the one from the fourth movie where they go back in time with the whales. It was not only there, but they actually used it like <laughs> to steal the cloaking device. And yeah, cloaking devices are illegal in the Federation. That's why they don't have them. So that's why they said, like, oh, the number of treaties were breaking. Because if the Federation had cloaking devices, it'd be a game changer because it'd be very powerful. But the Defiant, which was the ship from Deep Space Nine, did have a cloaking device. So it mm-hmm. broke treaty. The Defiant was created to fight the Borg. But when I was thinking, when it showed the Defiant and Voyager in the ship museum, Titan doesn't look How that... How can you call it a museum? Museum. <laughs> um, the Titan doesn't seem much more impressive than those. No, I keep waiting for at any moment here in any of these like life-threatening situations for the Titan to be like, but here's some technology of our current time of how we've advanced. And it just seems like a ship. Yeah, and not even like a powerful Federation ship. No, yeah. Like, like it's, it's just a middle-level uh, ship, which, yeah. It's like a cargo ship. Like, it's, we're just bringing stuff from here to here. And, right. 
But yeah, and then Seven and Jack. We're totally out of order on the <laughs> the structure of the show, but that's all right because while we're talking about the museum, <laughs> um, I just never heard you talk like that before. <laughs> that's how I always say it. It just rolls off the tongue. Muse- museum, museum. How do you say it? Museum. What? Museum. Museum. You were saying museum. <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> You already forgot how you were saying it. You did it twice, and I was like, huh, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've never heard him say it that way yeah, before. That's how I talk. Are you developing an accent here? It's my Florida You're just accent. trying to impress me in all the directions? <laughs> Anyways, um, Seven and Jack are talking about stuff while they're uh, looking at the ships in the museum. <laughs> And I like that moment, though, because it's not just TNG. We already know that because of Seven. However, this is them honoring fans from some of the other shows of the the 80s and 90s era of Star Trek. And so that's where we're seeing Voyager and... Right. Voyager and Deep Space Nine deserve respect and deserve uh When all this Dominion stuff is from Deep Space Nine, too. So they're really bringing together those three shows. I know. I just... We only got four episodes left, which I guess is a lot, but I hope we see someone more from those shows. They did mention Janeway a few times, so I don't know if she'll make an appearance or not. Well, all right, so uh, Jack did the reasonable thing last episode and told his mom about his his nightmares and visions and whatnot. And they... Which I'm glad he did, because that, I can tell you right now, would totally annoy me if he did not... It just kept keeping it a secret. Right, and he inherited... The disease that Picard had, and you know he's upset about it. And Picard lived with it for decades, so who knows? But that disease doesn't explain how he took out four changelings because mm-hmm. Picard was never had superpowers. So well, and what if it's the disease that actually saves them now with what's going on, or it's that's the disease that's the cure for whatever's affecting the changelings or something? There's a reason they want Jack, and Picard has been cured, so he is no longer himself but they went after his body that was diseased and they want jack so i wonder if this disease is actually something very important for the changelings right exactly yeah so they want picard's dna essentially from his real body and from jack it seems and whatever he passed on to jack gave jack those superpowers uh one thing i was thinking about and i don't think they're going to go this way but picard you know was a borg and he could have passed Borg stuff to Jack because I was thinking about it more with that female voice saying, find me. And that could be the Borg calling to Jack. We're running a little short on time and the Borg again. I don't think they're going to go that way, but it is something I thought about. Because also what made me think about it is the episode where Shaw was upset at Picard and 10 forward. And he said, and I meant to talk about it in that episode, but I forgot. He said, the Borg are still out there, despite whatever happened with your crazy Stargazer stuff. He said the real Borg are still out there. So whatever happened with, um, what was her name? The blonde-haired girl who became the Borg queen? Girardi or something? Yeah, Girardi. Whatever happened with her, that was only one offshoot of the Borg. So apparently the real Borg are still out there. So anyways, that was talked about in Picard and might, might have passed something on to Jack. But we'll see. I like that the mystery is still gone. Yeah, and, and we're getting... I was trying to think about it. Who are we missing at this point for the next generation of the cast? Right. They brought in Deanna at the end, which let's not go there yet, but we'll get to that. Um, but that's everybody now, right? In the one episode. Yeah. I'd love to see O'Brien. I don't think he'll make it. <laughs> He's known for DS9, but he was on the first two or three uh, TNG. TNG seasons. 
But the... Oh, yeah, and then Vedic, Vedic is confirmed changeling, mm-hmm. I guess. So whatever happened with her hand and... and- She's killing her own people. Right. And she called them at one point. I think it was her. She said misshapen, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. And then at the beginning, she orders that they find the friends of Picard, which is the right move. So that's what I would have thought they would have gone to Jordy first because he has high rank and he'd be a good person to have in Starfleet. But they did get Deanna. Well, and we're also getting that theme again of there's nothing you can do to me that will make me betray my friends. And then he sees Deanna and it's like, here we're getting this distinction again between family of Starfleet and family that you create. Yeah, so I guess let's talk about um, Riker in this episode. So he, I I like that he led the away mission just because it was a throwback. (laughs) I mean, it really should have just been Worf and Raffi, probably. But I guess they needed Riker. I was surprised that they were sending Riker, but I was like, sure, fine, why not? (laughs) Right, because they're like, any volunteers... But if he wasn't there, it wouldn't have worked out because he's the one who had that connection with Data. And they did give us some acknowledgement of Rafi and uh, Nine, uh, or, right? Yeah, Rafi and Seven. Sevens. Yeah, which I, I never uh, bought that relationship. It but still then seems forced to me. They, I, I liked what they did because they just had Worf make a bunch of awkward comments. <laughs> yeah, which were all <laughs> fake, which was funny. <laughs> Yeah. And it was funny, so yeah, I was like, no, this is great. It was good. I don't remember what he said, but he's like, I, I'm pretending or whatever. Um, Something about, like, warriors before battle saying goodbye to a lover. I'm trying to remember. I think he said, like, two different jokes, and yeah, it was just funny. Yeah. But, yeah, so they go on an old-school away mission, and they all the stuff we talked about before, Data's subconscious or whatever is protecting Daystrom, and then they get cornered. Now, one thing... Since we don't know who's changing and who's Starfleet, it was a little jarring to see Riker shooting up Starfleet people. Again, where's the stun guns? They, they got <laughs> they got to explain that to me because I don't think Riker would be doing that if these were Starfleet, or they would at least address it and talk about it. Well, I think this is a really big distinction that people who aren't familiar with these characters or the previous shows why this would be so noteworthy to longtime fans where if this is brand new to you, you probably wouldn't think twice of all of that. Like, yep, that's just the natural thing of shooting back at people, but it is very against what some of us know. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be killing Starfleet people. And then another thing that happened. So when they captured him, well, I, I think it probably would have been Worf who would have ran out there and sacrificed himself. Um, not Riker. I, I guess it's fine. But I was, I was like, huh? When he was like, we're getting out of here. I'm going to go, you know, um, do that. But then he got captured, which I kind of like because we finally get the crew together, except for the guy who's been there the whole time is now going to be gone. So we don't really have the crew together. But then... I think we will by the end. Right. But then he's being tortured by Vatic, who's pretending to be a Starfleet person, which also wasn't right. Because presumably the two people she shot were real Starfleet people, and they're just letting... Another Starfleet person torture another Starfleet person? Like, I was like, huh? Um, Unless they are also changelings. And she, because we, we saw her kill someone on her ship. And she did reference about our brethren who are suffering and having to hold forms. So she's referring to the changelings out there, but yet they're as they're all part of one cause or one group. But funny enough, my first take on it is that they weren't actual Starfleet. They were changelings. And so we're seeing what she's doing here. So but she, I just don't know why she'd be killing her own people unless she's going rogue or something. But, right. Which we have yet to see, but she may not be either. Yeah. 
it's just the reason why I partly thought that was when she talked to that head thing and they're like, it's more important than you. Like, she's like, no, I can't drop that. Like there was some conflict there. And then how she killed one of her own kind of easily. It felt like to me on her ship. Yeah. So we're already seeing some setup possibly, but I mean, to your point, it's very realistic that those are just still Starfleet people and they're just, Going in to protect Astrum to the invaders. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully they'll answer that or maybe not. I don't know. But I do like that. So they captured Riker. They already had Deanna. They're going to use her against him. And it was, if, if this were 25 years ago or 30 years ago, TNG, you'd be like, oh, I wonder how they're going to get out of this. But now it's like, since this is the last voyage and this is modern TV, you do wonder if something's going to happen. You know, which normally you wouldn't worry about with Star Trek. Post Game of so, Thrones era. Yeah, exactly. Another thing I kind of enjoyed that I thought they did pretty well is they're tying in this AI theme. Um, they did it with, you know, data being part of the security system, but then also how Picard's trying to get Geordi to turn off the transponder or whatever. And Geordi's like, oh, the, all the ships are connected now. It's, it's like the, the Internet of Things mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's a good, good, just a good update on kind of subtle modern day commentary. And then just going back to Geordi and his family, <laughs> I liked Jack and... Um, God, what's his daughter's name? LaForge. <laughs> um, but Sydney? I, Sydney, yeah. I like their flirting and I did too. You know, I was yeah. totally into that. I like that. And like you kind of got this respect for this smart, courageous person that Sydney is, but then Jack's got this, you know, <laughs> he's he's a rogue for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that actor rogue. I think that actor for Jack is killing it. He, I think he does just the right like, he reminds me of Patrick Stewart, but he's not like Patrick Stewart. It's kind of weird. He's his but, own person, but, yeah. but, he, but he reminds me of him, so I think he's doing it very well. And Seven even said that, like, when he said some poetic comments. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Which is annoying, but also helped her feel seen. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, so I liked him flirting with her and them concocting some plan. And I like Jordy being like, and stay away from my daughter. Right, yeah. I, I knew he was going to say something like that. Um, well, and it's weird though because we were kids at one point with this, and now we're parents, and yeah. so like we're we're kind of understanding like probably how you would view Jack. Yeah. And but I I like that, and I like the idea though of I would have so much automatic buy-in for the kids of these characters that we love. Well, right. That's the thing is if that they I want to do a show. I really felt in that moment like God. They're they're laying it on. If they want to do a new show, if they wanted to do a show on the Titan or somewhere else with these new characters, it would totally land. I would watch it. Yeah, yeah. They're good to be able to stuff in the TNG crew and these new crew and these new characters and make it work is is really good. Well, in that way, if any of you know these older original characters don't want the full time gig of a regular show. You can have the show with them just coming on whenever they decide to as pop-in cameos right. where you could make that happen in that way. Um, but this is the way to build it and to set it up. I, I hope is actually yeah. where they're going with it. I like It might just be what they're doing with no intention beyond just the season. Nice, too, just to, about, about their age. It was like first Jordy was like, Picard, I can't believe that you would steal my thing and like Picard's he's not stealing it that, that's a young man's thing you know like he was like I would never um, but then it's their kids They're like god damn kids <laughs> <laughs> I also liked that and I thought it was pretty funny that Shaw is like fanboying Jordy. oh I love that part <laughs> yeah. I love that because 
who who looked at the other like there was two people that it was like Picard and uh, seven or something like looked at each other like oh man <laughs> yeah yeah so Shaw's got his background in engineering and he's <laughs> yeah. It was just well done because he didn't give a shit about Riker or Picard. Uh-huh. You know, he was totally dismissive of them. But then Jordy, who kind of, I would say of everyone in TNG, Jordy got maybe some of the least respect of of everyone. You know, like Jordy was one of my favorites. Yeah, growing up, I remember that. But I was also growing up with Reading Rainbow. <laughs> right. So Levar Burton just was killing it from my my childhood perspective. Well, I feel like um, when you think of Scotty, you think of like a legend, like like. For some reason, Scotty has entered the social consciousness of the the miracle working engineer, and I don't think Jordy ever quite got there. <laughs> um, but yeah, but he did for Shaw. So I just thought that was fun, funny, and well done. Well, it, um, it's 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 an interesting experience to see Jordy with how his visor, his eye visor thing, whatever you call that, because I know he got his eyes fixed, so I remember that. But it's just still, you're so used to his character having that, that my my memory still has him with, what do you call it? Is it a visor? A visor, yeah. In the last few movies, he didn't have his visor. He's got big eyes, like striking eyes. Mm-hmm. And so it is kind of jarring to see. Not in a bad way. He's a handsome guy. He's got nice eyes. You know, but well, he's wearing um, contacts for this. Yeah, right, because his eyes are blue, right? And that's good because it's like some of the holes in Star Trek technology, you think they'd be able to cure... Whatever his blindness was. I also think that um, they'd be able to cure, which is a loaded term, baldness, if they wanted to, 400 years in the future. Because is it really something to cure? I don't know. But <laughs> Yeah, but, well, and they've already made a joke about it with right. Jack and Picard. I honestly think they did the visor for Jordy in the late 80s when they started TNG because they needed a low cost. Right. They're like, this is five bucks to make this guy look like a sci-fi guy. We, we need <laughs> to make the characters look different and we don't have a big budget to always do it. And most of it's going into Wharf. So yeah. um, how, do we, how do we do it? Hey, put this over your eyes to make yourself literally blind on set. <laughs> That's my thought about why yeah. they couldn't cure that specific disease is the costume department. No, you're exactly right. To be thrown a bone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget watching this show that kind of went behind the scenes once of TNG. And when they get transported, it was sugar water. They would mix up sugar water. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read a book or I listened to the audio book that William Shatner wrote about what it was like to make the original Star Trek. I mean, they were working with like pennies, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it's, it is nice to be able to see the Star Trek we grew up with, with modern day technology. So, so yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I thought this was more of a, a transitional episode. It was lighter, more lighthearted than the last few. It wasn't as intense, but it still moved things forward very well. It ended on a tense note with Riker getting caught. And I think the show continues to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's definitely some really solid episodes. Like, this was a good episode. I, I like the one before, I think, the best so far. Yeah. Uh, but not to crap on this one at all this one's really good too it's just that it's moving along the plot and doing different things and they can't all be be the the best of the best here but like i'm enjoying the season still and and i hope it it's one of those where man i i hope they keep it up and they end it on a high note because this is going to be it with these characters or or many of them yeah it makes me sad there's only four episodes left in the old tng there was what 25 episodes a season or something like that yeah or at least they were low budget and 
character pieces and whatever. Which it was a different age are, of television. Yeah, right. So now it's like 10 episodes. And I know that the show runners decided they wanted the, these 10 episodes to be one long movie. And I think they're delivering on that. It feels yeah. like you, yeah. could, you could sit down and watch all 10 in a row and it would flow as one big project. Well, I'm noticing that I keep putting stuff out there in this Picard podcast we've been doing of like back in my day, but <laughs> back in my day, television in the fall, you had season premieres and in the spring you had season finales. Yeah. And then, and then occasionally there would be a series premiere finale and you waited all summer for the next one. And so you would have these 25, like they would take breaks on the holidays and stuff, but Throughout most of the year, you would get a new episode every week. You had to wait. There was no binging. A lot of shows are just 10 episodes now for a whole season. And it, it's just a very, very different age of television. I remember seeing an interview with Patrick Stewart, or I think it was Patrick Stewart, maybe Jonathan Frakes. But uh, when they did The Best of Both Worlds, where Picard became a Borg. So just like you said, they had the season finale in the spring, and then they had part two in the fall. And somebody came up to Patrick Stewart, like, you ruined my summer. <laughs> they wanted to know what happened. Um, well, I, I remember what it felt like. Like, I remember, like, with the X-Files, sometimes the season would end on such a cliffhanger. And you were forced to wait months to know what would happen. Or which Game- I guess was good prep for Game of Thrones. Right, you got to wait years for Game of Thrones. Yeah, which <laughs> was literally years. Yeah. And, and for book fans of the books decade yeah but yeah it's, it's just such a different concept that i think a lot of people have forgotten or a lot of people literally just don't know that's how television used to be <laughs> you would set the vcr and I, it would you would tape it if you couldn't watch it live i do like that paramount plus is releasing it weekly it's not like netflix where it's all in one go i, I don't i don't like those binge ways i mean i guess i do it'd be fun to watch it all together but i like that we're going to have this experience for a couple months. And then just from a podcasting perspective, it's not the same. If you can binge, no, nobody's like podcasts don't matter because nobody watches them one at a time. Or well, whatever. I mean, they could, it just, it, from that perspective, I get it. It's more difficult to roll out, but if you are forcing them to wait over 10 weeks, I bet you there's going to be a huge drop off the same way that you might start listening to a podcast. And you don't make it to the end. You only make it halfway through. So I, I think for some shows, if you can initially grab them, you would get people over one weekend or a week even, and they've just done a whole season there. And but if you were asking them for longer, you would you wouldn't get a, such a large audience. Uh, anything else to say about this episode? I, I just love how the band's getting back together. Yeah, indeed, I think it's great. All right, thanks everyone for listening.